Hello. Hello. How are you? I am doing well, but I do want to adjust some settings here. One sec. Because yesterday, I don't have my um, my actual good microphone. Well, I shouldn't say this isn't a good microphone. This is my Yeti microphone. I don't have my main microphone set up yet. And yesterday when I was recording clockwise, my audio was clipped to the nines. So I am just making some adjustments here. To make sure that that is not going to be the case today. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've used my Yeti. Um, just sounds like a weird sentence, but uh, it's <laughs> you can definitely tell there's there's a slight difference. Uh, there's a little bit more of the 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 warm room noise of uh, 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 yes where you are, but uh, that's just how the Yeti cookie crumbles. Um, that that and is uh, that coupled with the fact that um, you know most of my house is empty, most of my apartment is empty, so that uh, also adds some some room noise i would imagine as there's mm. not as much absorbing but i've got some um blankets and pillows and places to help with that okay i think i've got it low enough now to where it's not going to be an issue cool uh when i recorded with dan and we both had yeti microphones because that was what was recommended to people in the, yes. in the olden days <laughs> when we Back started in the day yeah uh he, in an effort to cut down on room noise, would do the entire podcast inside of a little blanket fort that he would make um, in his in his in uh, Arizona. Yeah, it was it, it was incredibly hot. Um, it was basically like uh, you know, like one of those uh, uh, like spa experiences where you go to like <laughs> the, those like heated tents and uh, oh my god, yeah. he was doing hot yoga. <laughs> well, he wasn't moving. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he would end every podcast by, by complaining about how hot it was inside the blanket fort. And I was just like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this inside of a blanket fort. Yeah, inside maybe of a... your problem is the blanket fort. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I gotta do it, otherwise the audio is gonna be bad. And, uh, then, lo and behold, we've, we've moved on with having different microphones that, uh, don't require the blanket fort anymore. But yeah. he still complains about how hot it is in his private office. <laughs> Yes, that's and that's a whole that's a whole other story, ain't it? Um, mm-hmm. But well, how, how are, how's uh, how's how's the uh, Northern California experience? No, um, it's it's been great actually. Um, I am finally in my place. Um, so Luke and I drove um, from Missouri to California uh, straight through. We didn't stop like to at hotels or anything. Um, so it was about a 26-hour drive uh, wow. with a couple of hours of sleep uh, for each of us in between. Um, the dogs at first, I was concerned they were going to be a nightmare on the trip, and they were the opposite of a nightmare. Starting out, it was a little bit hairy because they were getting used to the new space, but it got to a place where they both pretty much slept the whole rest of the way, except when we stopped so that they could use the restroom and I could get more gas. Um do not, folks, if you're going to make a cross-country trip and you are driving a delivery, tr- I mean, a, a moving truck, and especially if you have a car attached to the back, do not, under any circumstances, think that you are going to get away with spending 
not so much on gas. Like that was, I, I was, I was prepared for it by the time the trip started, but leading up to the trip, I had not for some reason thought to do the calculations to figure out how much of, uh, how much money do I need to have to like, how much money do I need to have devoted to paying for gas? And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a, a sticker shock price, I think. Um, or at least it was for me. I was not, um, just wasn't thinking about it for some reason. And so whenever I did, I was like, oh my, yeah, okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but it was, the, so we got here to uh, the apartment at about 11 p.m. Uh, here in, in California. And I was not thinking about the fact that, hello, um, people are usually, or a lot of people are going to be like, at their apartments by that time. Um, and so there aren't, there, there aren't going to be a whole, there's not going to be a whole lot of open space in places. So we drive up to my apartment and I already have an apartment where, um, so I have a garage, um, cause it's like a stacked apartment. And so the bottom floor is the garage. Um, but everybody else here who has a garage except for the unit right next to me they can also park in front of their garage so they get the whole garage and a parking space in front of their garage but because 11 oh wait i should not say that um (laughs) i didn't finish that number so ha so because the unit right next to me and my unit are in a fire lane we do not get the space in front of our garage so um I was thinking about that as we pulled up with the moving truck and the trailer on the back with my car on it and were uh, stopped for a second to figure out how we were going to sort of be able to stick around long enough to get unpacked and whatnot. It ended up, um, it's a little bit more because it's on the newer side of Petaluma. So it's a little bit more industrial. Um, So there's, there's more open space that's kind of devoted to construction right now. So ended up uh, driving over to a little bit of a construction area. It was an open area um, and leaving my trailer with my car um, there. And, uh, you know, it's like invisible distance from where we were and then drive the delivery truck or the moving truck back. We got the whole thing unloaded, then um, took my car off of the trailer, hooked the trailer up to the moving truck and drove the 15 minutes to uh, the nearby place where the the drop-off was for my moving truck and trailer, and then drove the 15 minutes back. Um, so by the time we got back and, you know, were settled in or whatever, I, I was probably 3 a.m., um, and Luke got to sleep about 3.30, and then I, for some reason... Um, had all the, oh yeah, I should probably get this ready for tomorrow, get this ready for tomorrow. So I didn't get to sleep until about 5.30 a.m. Um, and then the next morning, well, or I guess this, I guess would be the same morning at about uh, 10 a.m., I had to do the the thing where the person comes and marks down like, oh yeah, there were scratches here before you moved in. There was this here before you moved in. Is there anything that you noticed that you want marked so that you're not charged for it? So I had to be up for that. Um Luckily, that didn't last too terribly long. And then had some other commitments, like showing Luke my um, office and stuff like that. So it ended up I did not get Luke. And, Luke didn't, and I didn't get real sleep until after he left because I took him to the airport on Sunday, um, and he flew back. And so it wasn't until he flew back 
And it wasn't until, you know, he was gone that I got uh, real sleep either. So I'm, I, I think this week is still kind of catching up on, on sleep, even though that's not a real thing. You can't catch up on sleep. Fun fact. But, um, I'm certainly tired. I, I read, I read somewhere that you can, within like a certain number of days, you can catch up on a certain amount of missed sleep, but that after that like buffer zone, you've just permanently lost that and your body has deteriorated for whatever that was. But that, I think yeah, it was it, like three to four days or something, and then you're screwed. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just the idea that um, sleep, because I, I, I can see that. I think that um, what my knowledge of that is, is, is sort of surrounding sleep hygiene and the fact that um, I, I would imagine that the, what they're advocating for is you shouldn't do the thing where you push yourself and then try to catch up on sleep. What you should do is work on your sleep hygiene instead. Mm. So that's probably sort of what what the the book was talking about there. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. But uh, you know what? I've got internet. I've got bright eyes and a bushy tail, <laughs> and so everything's fine and yeah. good and dandy. And welcome to Hotel California. Oh, God. I checked in. No. <laughs> uh, you're ours now. Um, one of us. One of us. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Best coast. Best coast. <laughs> you're going to uh, enjoy, I think, your experience more once you've settled in and can explore <laughs> without it feeling like you have errands that you need to run or else you're going to be you know, behind on some task. But uh, yeah, yeah that's, it, it's also uh, I've been seeing all the stuff you've been posting from uh, getting started with your job. Uh, with oh, your job yeah. Job. Work has been a blast. Work has truly been a blast. Um, we <laughs> there there was a, a fan of the show who gave uh, who sent me a so he the, the company's called Loco Mats and it's you would know about these. They're like the mats that they use on set on location in different places to cover up. Well, you might know. You would know more about this than I would. I know that you know you you typically are working in like an office and stuff. But uh, Rye, if you're listening, you definitely know um, the mats that kind of cover cords to make sure people aren't tripping um, over them whenever you are on set and whatnot. But uh, the company's called Loco Mats, and he made one for the Twit Studio. Uh, actually, a couple. There's there's a long one, and then there's one that he just. Uh, gave a little while ago and while he was on the show he said send me a photo of your chihuahuas and i want to see if i can't get a locomats made of that um so i was tweeting about his pretty neat app called pixtructions after the show and we ended up uh dming and so ended up sending him the photo of henry and mizzy and not too long after there was a package for me at the studio and it was the locomats of of henry and mizzy so that was uh a lot of fun and then we had some visitors in the studio to watch iOS Today Live, and that was fun too. So listeners out there, particularly those of you in California, um, if you ever want to come, if you ever have time and you want to come to the studio, uh, you can watch any of our shows live. Um, come see the shows that I'm on. Uh, and to do that, I want to remember how to do this so I can tell you where to go. It's on the website, I know. Uh, I think it might be twit.tv slash tickets. And no, that's not it. Well, uh, it's on the website. Um, (laughs) 
and you could you could I'll in, I'll find it and I'll give the link to to Joe to uh, post in the uh, the show notes because yeah you might want to come hang out and and see what it looks like when we're shooting live and and all that stuff I'll tell you the studio is totally different from what I expected um, I I don't want to like spoil anything but I just had a whole different kind of um, picture in my mind of what the studio is going to look like and when i saw that it did not look like that i thought oh wow this is really interesting so yeah kind of fun hmm and oh okay well not to get you in trouble but <laughs> like interesting in a good way or do you just oh yeah uh, no it was um the studio is so like the, the so i should let me try this again it's not the studio there are so many different shows with so many different um sets that I expected in my head that the studio was like five or six different rooms and uh, five or six different, you know, treatments or something like that. And instead, it's one room that has an incredible setup for like swinging the cameras around and changing the, 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 height of the table and replacing chairs and moving things around and changing the lights. It all happens in this one big studio space. And it is uh, pretty incredible watching the folks work to make that happen. So that is what uh, was surprising to me. So that's that's the bit of the spoilers is for me. And for also whenever Luke visited the studio, he's like, Oh, I didn't expect this. And I kind of, you know, asked him for a little bit more. And he had that same impression that I did that it was going to be, you know, multiple studios, depending on what show was being shot. So I'm impressed with how much gets done in this one studio and how each of the shows look like totally different sets. And it's all kind of in this one, one space. Um, by the way, that link is twit.tv slash about slash tickets. Um, you can email tickets at twit.tv and then, uh, you can come in and our very nice security guard will, will help you get checked in. <laughs> and, um, if you do come in, you're literally going to walk right past me because, uh, where my desk is, is uh near the front door so yeah it'll be fun anyway uh that's yeah that's that's that i'm i'm having a blast so far and i have a a show later today um but uh and some stuff planned for the future as well that i'm pretty excited about but uh, mm. of course that's zipper mouth emoji so <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well i mean that's understandable you got you got your your industry secrets now oh yes You'll, I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you, you're settled in now, and so you've got the chance to catch back up on technology news and pundif, punditificate <laughs> on on things. Um, yeah. So how 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 has that experience been? Getting back into the the groove of technology journalism. Shake your groove thing, shake your groove thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, of course, am excited. There was one uh, thing that you were tweeting about yesterday uh, that has me kind of excited. And that is because I really do like Apple TV channels. Um, oh. It's a new feature. It's a new feature in the new version of Apple TV that basically lets you do all of your subscriptions for different channel packages, different different uh, content providers, all within Apple TV. 
and um, they have they offer free trials for different things. And CBS All Access has been added to Apple TV channels. I have a separate CBS All Access subscription, and I am excited to sort of bring that into the fold if I wanted to continue to do that. And you mentioned, hey, you know, you can probably watch all of Star Trek with the uh, with the what is it one week trial? Yeah, there's a there's a free CBS All Access uh, trial, which. You can get if you're just signing up for CBS All Access, or you can also get if you're signing up for CBS All Access Amazon Prime channel, or you can get if you're signing up for Apple TV's new CBS All Access channel. So you have several options for free trials, and they're not necessarily linked. So if you've experienced a free trial in the past and would like to experience a free trial now in the present, you may do so because there's another avenue for you to do that. Uh, So go ahead go forth and free trial yourself um <laughs> and uh as i had mentioned the uh, star trek discovery uh season one and season two are pretty short uh i think they're like 13 or 14 episodes uh, each kind of um and so you can get through that in a uh short amount of time uh and what's interesting about the Apple TV channels implementation is they have offline viewing. Uh, so it makes it a little easier for some people to catch up who might have uh, difficulty with reliable broadband access under all conditions uh, at all times of the day. Uh, so that that's, that's a novelty because I don't think any other CBS all access implementation affords you this either through the app or through the Amazon prime channels implementation. Um, but I, I could be cur- I could be wrong on that because it's been a long uh, time since I've actually tried to use either of those uh, because I cancel my CBS All Access subscription every time the Discovery season ends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious. Do you think you are? Do you think that's the default uh, behavior, or do you think more people keep their subscription afterward? I'm. I would be interesting. I would be interested to find out from CBS what that looks like because I know that they're greenlighting more Star Trek stuff. So I it, to to run at various points during the year. So I think they're trying to fill up the calendar with enough stuff that people won't cancel. Uh, so I'm sure that there are people who are canceling. But uh, I know a few people like Scott McNulty and uh, some others. Um, Scott McNulty does the Random Track podcast listeners, uh, and you can go listen to that. Uh, he hasn't done an episode in a little bit because uh, they, Scott and Marisa, uh, his wife, have had a, a set of twins. And so they're, they're doing the baby thing. But uh, he has a CBS All Access subscription that he keeps year round, even though there's no new stuff really on it but he also watches the 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 good fight um which i don't so mm-hmm. that that's something if i watch elementary it's supposed to be good ah uh, well that's canceled now i think oh was this the last, the last season, season? Aww. yeah oh oh man yeah yeah oh, sorry well. oh well uh, i'll be fine speaking of channels there is a a uh, hot take I just saw fresh off the presses from Ryan Christoffel at uh, Club Max at Max Stories, who wrote something for Club Max Stories. Sorry, um, and uh, he's 
apparently of the position that he thinks that Disney Plus will become an Apple TV channel because he thinks that's what will make it successful. But I don't think Disney Plus is going to be an Apple TV channel because no. it relies on being a destination, um, which I think is a distinction that most people don't get about the channel's approach. Uh, channels makes TV makes the TV app the destination and it just gives you content to fill the TV app with that you can watch. Um, otherwise, all you get in the TV app is ads for things you can buy and pay for. Um, but the, uh, the, 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 that, that's the main difference is that's why you don't have Netflix or, um, some of the others in there is because it's a, it's a destination experience that they want you to go to the thing. And they made a big deal out of that, um, investor call where they announced Disney Plus about their app and the implementation and the different um, sort of silos of content that they have for Disney, Marvel, um, Star Wars, Nat Geo, uh, all that. So I don't think they are going to join as a channel and just dump all the stuff in the TV app because that would be bad for the discovery of their shows and they want to have that experience. I want to have that control over the experience. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't. See, yeah, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Don't see it. Um, it's. I I think that a lot of uh, a lot of companies are kind of trying to, you know, do that for sure, and and wanting to sort of hey come over here and uh, and and to have to share any sort of profit <laughs> that doesn't seem like something they would be interested in doing. Yeah. Well, that's that's that for channels. Um, I have experienced the TV uh, app and iOS, uh, the TV OS 13. Um, wait, is it TV OS 13? I forget the numbering system. That they yeah, use for TV no, OS. I think it's different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I've, I'm on the beta for the latest TV OS because I just have that set up and didn't change it. And so it was. Um, and uh, and it is. Um, I, I don't know if you've played around with that particular version of the TV app uh, much. It's similar to what they just released for iOS uh, 12 in mm. and uh, all that. It's, an, it's not a huge difference between these. Um, the It's just, it's not, I don't like the, t- I have never liked the t- TV app um, and I, I still don't like it. Uh, it tried to personalize some recommendations for me um, because it saw that I had uh, I had purchased the Spider-Man um, trilogy, the original Sam Raimi movies, uh-huh. uh, because I was I'm going to hopefully be on an incomparable episode if I watch them and nothing comes up. Um, but uh, I had purchased that, and it, so I had two personalized recommendations built around this singular singular purchase. One, if you like Spider-Man, you might also like Spider-Man too, and. Uh, if you like Spider-Man 2, you might also like Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man. And then for some reason, uh, the Book of Eli, the um, uh, Denzel Washington, like, post-apocalyptic wasteland movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that doesn't, uh, seem, doesn't seem related. <laughs> uh, wait. <laughs> yeah, Apple's, wait? Apple's never really been good at uh, search or recommendations or any of that algorithmic stuff. So I guess I shouldn't really be surprised, but uh, it, it's, it's interesting to browse through the interface and see what it thinks I would be interested in, in the parts that it chooses to personalize. Uh, most of the interface is still just a carousel of channels you can subscribe for. Um, and 
advertising the latest big movie release as like a series of uh, the the tile icon things that they have. They mm-hmm. like they just filled up a row with all of the Avengers characters. Um, so it's like oh, that's a good use of screen space. But uh, that that all goes to purchasing Endgame if you want to if you want to buy Endgame oh, um, okay. through iTunes. But uh, Apple still doesn't have a deal for 4K HDR content with Disney. So uh, why? Why bother? But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm interested to know, like, you've had a, a, the move going on, so you probably haven't played with it very much, although I know that it's your primary method for consuming content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have you had any thoughts about the, the new TV app? Um, well, so I, like I said, when it comes to uh, Apple TV channels, um at which you know comes as part of the package, so to speak. It that part is is of interest to me. Um, the recommendations I don't ever Spotify is probably the only recommendation engine that I've ever been able to rely on uh, regularly, and that has has not let me down. Uh, so I don't tend to pay attention to recommendations whenever they pop up. So I couldn't even tell you what the apple tv has recommended to me oh but what, you have to you have to scroll down for some reason it buries the personalized recommendations under the non-personalized stuff i don't know why huh <laughs> i guess they're trying to uh make money off of their um deals with other companies or something uh the yeah for for me it's definitely got to be the the apple tv channels option and then also that if you're going to do any kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Automations and things like that. The more that's included in the TV app, the better, because it will make it simpler to integrate more fully when you are doing those automations. Because you can right now set up an automation that will open, oh, we'll turn on your Apple TV and then we'll open an app. But if it's available in the Apple TV app, then sort of the 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 claws dig deeper. The the what the, the tunnel is is farther down, and so you can get closer to whatever it actually is that you're wanting to watch on on the television. So I kind of like that. Um, but other than that, you know, I they just added, I believe, a an option to do uh, continuous play. Which is nice. So why that wasn't there before, I don't know. But they added that in. And so now you can kind of uh, keep binging whatever show you're watching, which is good. Uh, But other than that, I just don't... Yeah, I don't really... Most of the stuff that I end up watching, especially if it's on Netflix, exists outside of this, this app. But to have those things, the things that are available there that I do watch is kind of nice because it does feel like it's all just in one place and I'm not having to jump between apps to get to it. But I don't think I'll ever be like a Apple TV app power user. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see what they think they're doing with it uh, every time they do something with it. Um, (laughs) It it just doesn't seem like... uh, It doesn't seem like what their internal goals are are closely aligned with um optimal user experiences uh 
because it, it seems very heavily, <clears throat> it seems like they're very heavily invested in please, please buy more things and uh, not as much in this is the stuff you have access to um, that I'm going to surface for you. Um, so I don't know. It will, we'll, we'll all see how they continue to evolve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but it used to be a hobby. <laughs> Remember those days? Oh man. Now, now it's just a sad profession. Um, <laughs> but, uh, speaking of sad professions, um, oh my, well, I was going to try to pivot to something and I was hoping that I would think of a topic before I finished my <laughs> sentence and I didn't because it just sounded like a good way to pivot that. But, uh, yeah, no, I got nothing. Um, speaking uh, of sad professions, I am a professional segwayer. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Well, it's more of a hobby, but, um, so <laughs> I mean, I haven't really seen a lot in the news other than the, these betas that got released and uh, some earnings results that I don't care about uh, immensely. Yeah, not not big on the earnings reports. I mean, even while I was still transcribing them, they didn't really... Uh, every once in a while, there'd be something. But ultimately, I just don't... None of the stuff that... None of the stuff that people get bent out of shape over or are interested in when it comes to that are very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the Apple card is supposed to be launching uh, sometime this month. Uh, I'm not going to be getting an Apple card. Yeah. Um, however, Luke is. Uh, he wants to change his credit card for the first time. And so he would like to get the Apple card. So I'll be getting a a, an impression of I'll be living vicariously through him, as it were, uh, just to see what the experience is like there. Uh, um, so yeah, that's that's something. But mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably going to be a short show today because uh, it's mainly just about your lovely experience in in California and uh, just. TV being TV. (laughs) TV being TV and no, I mean, I'm trying to even think of, of, there haven't been too many changes in the betas uh, that have gotten too much attention other than the one that is, uh, people were freaking out because the automations feature was removed, but it's going to be added back. They just temporarily removed it. Mm -hmm. Um, Apple also... The it, you'll remember that the um, that Apple and LG partnered to release the ultra fine uh, 4K and 5K displays, and then the 5K display disappeared from Apple's website. Uh, well, it just came back uh, and now supports both the Mac and the iPad Pro. So the ultra fine 5K display from LG, you can plug in an iPad Pro and use the. Uh, display as a second monitor now i got a question for you about that okay um i believe i've seen an image of an ipad uh driving a display Mm -hmm. and it shows the ipad dimensions on the 16 by 9 screen um aspect ratio screen so you wind up with like a pillar box thing where you have two black bars on either side yes is is there any way to change that that you can do so that you actually are filling the screen with it? Like how if you connect a 
a, a Mac to a TV or something, you can you can change the, the output resolution, uh, the output aspect ratio. As it stands, A F A I K. No, you cannot change that feature. Um, that is that feature. I said <laughs> feature. Uh-huh. No, you can't change that. That said, who knows if that will be different by the time you know iOS thirteen ships. Because yeah, I agree. I don't. I'm not too fond of the pillar box look. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess imagine for, for screen burn-in, it's not very good. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, most monitors are better at burn-in these days, but uh, that monitor gets pretty bright. So I don't know what yes, it does for mitigating thousand nits. Well, not that one. That's the 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 pro whatever garbage. <laughs> Yes, but even yeah. the LG one has a uh, has a pretty bright screen. Yeah, pretty, yeah. N- pretty nitty, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Knits, love knits. Knits. Ah, oh, good, good. Love, love a little knit. Mm-hmm. Um. So, animal facts, animal facts. It's time for animal facts. But mm-hmm. uh, Dan Sturmwater sent over this animal fact. It comes from the Smithsonian. And it is, I think, a pretty awesome thing. Um, basically, baby seabirds are little vibration motors, like you have. They're little taptic engines. Um, so the way that this works is that these little seabirds will let their nestmates, who are unhatched, know that there are predators nearby. So here's what the Smithsonian says. When predators approach, yellow-legged gulls sound the alarm by voicing a singular distress call. Ha! 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 The warning reaches embryos still encased in their shells, triggering vibrations that enable the unhatched chicks to convey the presence of danger to their less developed nestmates. Upon breaking free of their shells, both groups of baby seabirds exhibit behavioral and physiological adaptations designed to help avoid predators. Meanwhile, those not exposed to adults' alarm calls, either directly or through sibling shell vibrations, emerge from their eggs with a marked lack of survival instincts. So it's almost like, what is that movie? Uh, is it The Manchurian Candidate? The one where there's like a keyword and then he turns, they, I, I've literally never seen this. I've only heard jokes made about it. But what I understand the movie to be about is there's like this person and this person gets a special phrase. And when they hear that phrase, then they suddenly become like a killer. Is that how that works? Have you seen the movie? Uh, essentially. It, it, okay. it, it basically, uh, someone can be activated um, through, through this conditioning. Um, Perfect. But I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily f- go there first, maybe with this particular thing. But uh, no, that's I, exactly what this is. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is precisely what. No, the Manchurian um, Gull. Listen, if 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 no one's ever listened to me before, then they may be going. They might be saying what you're saying. But if anyone's ever heard me talk on any podcast, then they know I make terrible. Uh, convoluted metaphors, and so that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing here. Um, this is exactly the Manchurian Candidate because for the eggs that are unhatched, that hear the ha ha ha, or vibrations from their uh, brothers and sisters, they come out of they they hatch from their egg 
uh, the scientists call it informed. And so they are more equipped, better equipped to be safe in situations where there are predators. However, if they're not exposed to that danger call, and if they're not exposed to those vibrations, they come out, they come out hatched, and they are, as the scientists put it, naive. And so they have less of a chance of survival. The ones that are exposed have behavioral, physiological, morphological, and molecular changes. That includes delayed hatching, quieter and quicker crouching behavior, elevated levels of the stress hormone corticosterone, and a slower growing tarsus leg bone. That is incredible. So again, Manchurian candidate, these these eggs have been uh, activated. And all of these changes take place uh, physically, mentally, spiritually, psychologically to make them more equipped to handle predators. But if they don't get the ha 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 and they don't feel the vibration, then they come out like, oh, the world is my friend and nothing's going to eat me. And then they get eaten and then they go away. So I find this fascinating. It doesn't really Not- sound like a good adaptation because what if there wasn't danger but now there's danger right isn't that that's what i don't understand why there should be any that come out naive like what's the point of having naive ones Mm. Uh, other than maybe if you've got a few naive ones then those ones will be the ones that the predators get uh ensuring the survival of the ones that were vibrated so basically what i'm saying is you should you should hold up a phone to your womb and have someone call it and then just let that little vibration uh from the the haptic engine inside um make make it so that your child comes out not naive and ready to take on the world that's yeah that's science that's joe's advice of the i i said it yes Yes, that was uh, advice straight from the mouth of Joe Rosenstiel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just did my uh, my impression of Micah. So it was yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, who's speaking right now? Is it Joe? Is it Micah? Is it both of us? Are we talking at the same time? Possibly. You'll never mm-hmm. know. Yeah, the mystery. And Joe will never tell. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, one last thing. Yeah. Well, we probably should have mentioned during channels. Uh, I didn't talk to you about the Star Trek Picard trailer. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's probably Joe. good we did this at the end. So if it, nobody wants to to hear the Star Trek Picard stuff, you can just turn this thing off because we're going to close this, it out afterwards. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I love me some Pat Stew for sure. And uh, he's just so sweet. And his he has a dog that's just the cutest dog. Um, but I was not like, I wasn't a thousand percent. I, 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 let me put it this way. I was pumped for the show, but I wasn't like, I didn't have a particularly strong yes about the show or anything like that. I was excited for it. I was definitely going to watch it, but there wasn't this sort of energy within me that was saying, oh, I can't wait for the show to come out. I need to see it right now. Be Whenever I just heard that there was going to be one. And upon watching the trailer, that all changed. Wow. I'm so excited. I'm, I am pumped. And not only for who we saw in the trailer, 
but who is, who had like since tweeted that they will also be in the show. Um, I'm, I can't wait because some of my favorite characters are going to be, are going to be on there. I, I don't know. I don't know. Are we, are we like, oh yeah, doing we're spoiler we're stuff? F- we're full spoilers now. Um, so tell we, me, we gave like, them an opportunity to not listen. Good. So tell me your feelings about it and then we can sort of, you know, how did you feel before? How did you feel after you watched the trailer or while watching the trailer? And then we can sort of go from there. Uh, yeah. So I was very similarly to you. I was I was interested, um, but uh, not not pumped, like you said. Not like, wow, yay. It was a little reticent. Cause just because Pat, Patrick Stewart is there doesn't mean it's going to be good. Right. Um, because he might be... F- good with the acting part of it but the other stuff might be bad um and that still may be the case because you know this is a trailer so it's not entirely representative of anything but uh this certainly does communicate to me that there's uh a chance that it's going to be um pretty interesting and that mainly comes across uh not just from his character and his delivery and uh sort of Having watched, did you watch the movie Logan? Um, I think so. That's that's Wolverine, right? Yeah, but it's like they're old. Um, it's in the near future. Uh, oh, then maybe I didn't see that one. Okay, um, that movie's interesting. I don't really like the X Men movies all that much, uh, but that one's interesting because it's them in the near future. Uh, Hugh Jackman and um Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart is playing. Uh, an aged Charles Xavier who's sort of coming to uh, a, a point in his life where he he has to deal with the fact that he's old and has problems. Um, and uh, it's it seems like some of that is what maybe appealed to Patrick Stewart about revisiting um, Picard because, you know, it's been a long time and he's retired and, you know, he's got to deal with a thing. Um and it seems like he's dealing with uh, some Romulan stuff and he's dealing with some Borg stuff. Uh, and he had a very uh, tumultuous relationship with the Borg. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, probably I have to, well, it for, for sure is my favorite um, of the next generation movies is Star Trek First Contact uh, and the, and what he had to deal with there in terms of still processing um his assimilation by the borg uh in the uh tele- during the te- television series um and so to have that come back and to deal with that uh i think it can only be good because Agreed. uh it's very it's a very deep trauma for him to mine for the character uh it, not 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 necessarily because i love seeing the borg because i feel like during the course of Star Trek Voyager, we saw a lot of the Borg, um, and to varying degrees of interest. Uh, but speaking of Voyager, I was also interested because Jerry Ryan, um, she shows up in the trailer and it's just like, wow, um, you're here. And, uh, I am curious to see how, uh, that that's going to play out. And I know that, uh, Jonathan Del Arco, who played Hugh, um, in, Star Trek The Next Generation, um, and who hasn't been seen in anything since uh, Descent Part 2, which is 
Descent Part 1 and Descent Part 2 are not very good, uh, especially Part 2. Uh, but he he was a, a Borg who was uh, freed of the collective by an accident and then had started to develop individuality and Picard had a complicated relationship about what to do with that mm-hmm. like uh and and you know what the side effects of freeing someone are um is, is what they they tried to to deal with but he uh I don't know what he's what his role is going to be on the show and him and Jerry Ryan and um Brent Spiner as as I can't tell if he's supposed to be data or before accessing yeah. the memories of data cuz at the end of Star Trek Nemesis when data dies and uh before uh gets the memory engrams or whatever uploaded uh from data uh he he hums a tune and so you kind of get the impression that some of the data has been some of data's data has been uh uh processed by before so i don't i don't know if it's before sort of channeling um data's dataness or if it's a figment of picard's imagination or a oh, hologram thing that he left himself uh it'll be i'm curious to find out what they what they have going on with it i can't wait mm-hmm. to answer all of those questions and then troy's supposed to be in it as well yep and jonathan frakes uh directed some of these and also appears in um at least one episode oh I am pumped. Yeah. I yeah. I I was as soon as I saw Jerry Ryan, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is going to be awesome!" Um, because I don't know, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of good memories tied to all of this, and to see all of these characters um, coming back and and kind of acting powerhouses, really, to see them all working together, I think that that's going to make for a pretty uh, awesome thing to watch. And so it takes it from maybe knowing that we'd have one acting powerhouse to having multiple and seeing how the story is going to be told with these different characters in play. That's what excites me about this new series. Yeah. And I, I know that discovery has had a little bit of a bumpy ride, um, in terms of changing showrunners and direction at several points. Um, and, so that you can see some of that uh, scar tissue in the show. Um, but uh, overall, I have had a positive impression of Alex Kurtzman's um, run of, of handling uh, Star Trek Discovery and uh, as, as the most senior executive producer that's stayed on the whole entire time. Uh, so I would be... I, I, I have some faith that... Uh, what we're going to get from Star Trek Picard is going to be pretty interesting. And I also think that because of having done Discovery, they have a sense of what they're going to do um, in terms of uh, just like basic things like marketing and (laughs) trying to like uh, get the gears in motion for making Star Trek. I don't think they could have just launched right into Picard and not done Discovery first to to sort of like you know figure out where all the creaky bits are um Mm -hmm. and uh i'm I'm, you know just sort of fascinated to see uh what all comes out of it me too i feel i mean i feel pretty much the same way and i think those of us who are 
uh, excited about this kind of have those similar feelings mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Um, so can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, 2020 can't come soon enough, uh, mostly for election reasons, but also because yes. I want to watch Picard. Oh, my God. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Well, I think that does it, Joe. Yep. Adios. Adios.